Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your Miami Dolphins. I am Sam Marcoux, and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer, Mr. Christopher Colon, now part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. Chris, how the hell are you, my friend? Well, um, I'm okay. I guess spring started today, and uh, so did the, the sickness. I've been sick the last few days. Uh, upper respiratory stuff, ear earache, ear infection. Didn't know adults get those. Um but yeah, I've been sick. But other than that, man, I'm, I'm feeling fine mentally. I'm there. I'm good to go. I'm uh, really liking the Miami Dolphins news this slow off season. Yeah, it's uh, we've got a lot of stuff to get to. But before we get to the news, before we get to uh, the amoxicillin there or whatever it is that you are taking to get yourself <laughs> exactly through the day, <laughs> we uh, we we're gonna start with everybody's favorite topic because uh, it's it's the it's the bit that we've been doing here for the last few weeks on this show, and it is by far the most popular thing that we have come up with, and I hope this never goes away. It is time for Name, Name That, that Band-Aid. Band-Aid. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. This is the game where you get to participate there at home while listening to this podcast in the car or wherever else you happen to be. Chris Cullen's going to give us clues as to the quarterback that should be the Band-Aid, a.k.a. the bridge quarterback for the Miami Dolphins in 2019 and 2020. And I will try to guess as well as you at home. So, Chris, what do you got this week? Let's just start the show with a bang. Sam, I know you're at the Whale's Vagina, a.k.a. San Diego. Um but I didn't know there's a huge rock under uh, above you because you've obviously been living under one. We we don't need to play name that band aid anymore, Sam. We got the band aid. We got the beard aid. We got Fitz Magic, baby. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Harvard's own uh, three out of four AFC East teams he's played on. We just signed Ryan Fitzpatrick to be our bridge, our band aid, our beard aid. Um, for the next two years, eleven million dollar deal, Sam. Uh, sorry to break that news to you, and I love that game too, but. It is over. Yeah, leave it to Ryan Fitzpatrick to go ahead and excite and disappoint me all at the same time as he's already <laughs> signed with the Miami Dolphins, which I think is a great thing. You guys probably saw my video on Twitter at Perfectville Pod explaining why it's a great thing. But at the same time, he disappoints me here, Chris, because I loved that show. And we uh, we came up with theme music. We had a whole thing where we were interacting with all of the citizens of Perfectville. And after two weeks of doing it, uh, he signs on the dotted line, becomes our Band-Aid of choice. And now... It's dead. The bit is dead. The entire thing that we do is dead. But, uh, yeah, let's talk about it, man. Ryan Fitzpatrick huh. is now uh, the presumable starter for the Miami Dolphins in 2019. Uh, what are your thoughts just immediately here on that news there, Chris? I like it. I like it because we all know this guy. We all know him. He is going to give us games where we just are like – it's entertaining. We're going to lose in entertaining fashion. That's the best way I can explain it. Um, we know this roster and this team. Uh, we are not rebuilding. They don't want to say that word, but we're retooling uh, how we do things. And Ryan Fitzpatrick is here. He knows it. That's the best part. He's like, he's a Harvard grad. He's a smart guy. He's made over $60 million in his career in the NFL. He know, And it's like his eighth team. He knows exactly 
what the plans are. He has no future here in Miami uh, past a year, maybe uh, the whole year. If we don't draft like a Haskins or Murray uh, this year, he might even play half a season. But what he's what he's going to bring us is games where I think he had a game last year for Tampa Bay where he threw over 400 yards and they didn't score a touchdown. So yes. he, he's going to go deep to stills. Deep to Grant, he's going to throw in triple coverage to Devontae Parker. I mean, these guys have no excuse to go up and get the ball and complain about getting uh, looks because he will not be afraid to try to fit it in a window, uh, go deep on you know, third and one. He's just that kind of guy. So what I mean by that is we're probably not going to win a lot of games at all, but Jesus Christ, it's going to at least be fun to watch it, and the fantasy numbers are going to be through the roof for our receivers uh, because he's just going to be slinging it all over the place. The thing I like about Ryan Fitzpatrick signing with the Miami Dolphins is pure and simple entertainment. I mean, he might be the most interesting man in the world. I mean, he should be getting uh, you know uh, an endorsement from Dos Equis because you're right. He, he might throw the ball for 450 yards, but at the same time, he might also try to throw the ball on a run play and get picked off and have it go the other way. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a stat line of like 26 of 52 for 478 yards, one touchdown, and four interceptions. I mean, right. if you're going to lose, at least lose in a way that makes you just kind of go, well, shit, I couldn't turn away. It was a car accident. So I love it. I, I think it's it's probably the perfect Band-Aid for the Miami Dolphins. He is the perfect quarterback for us to root for and against all at the same time. And it's a clear plan. I mean, and that's all you're really asking for when you're a Dolphin right now is what is the plan? And we know, for good or worse, what the plan is at this point, in my opinion. Yeah, like I said earlier, it's the first day of spring, and we already know not to be excited about the season. Yeah. Like <laughs> at least, at least we're going into it. We're not like hoping to sneak into the playoffs, hoping Tannehill has his breakout year. Like, there's no question marks or gray area. It's, it's black and white. We are not going to have a good season this year. And if you're a lifelong Dolphin. Uh, we've been losing anyway, uh, and in heartbreaking fashion, you know, end of season, last game, need to win to get in, and we don't. I would rather have a, a season where we can just sit back, have a blast, drink some beers on Sundays, not get stressed about it, and if we win, fuck, that's crazy. If we don't, that's par for the course, and that's exactly what we're heading to- towards now um, with not really having any success at all for just our lifetime of being fans of the Dolphins. I'd like to see them doing something different and building draft picks and, and planning for the future and not rushing to go buy the top free agents that are just going to milk us for money and move on. Uh, I, I like what we're doing right now. Yeah, and and you know, not to uh, pat ourselves too much on the back here, Chris, but when we started this Name That Band-Aid idea, before we even had all the fancy music and everything, the guy that we threw around back in late January and early, early February the very first one that we kind of talked about was Ryan Fitzpatrick. And we talked about having the Fitz Magic show at halftime with him and Minka. And uh, it's it's coming to light. I mean, I feel like we somehow spoke this into existence, as some of our Twitter followers have said. Um, and, and it just sucks that we used our powers to get Ryan Fitzpatrick and not talk about getting you know a Super Bowl victory or something. Because maybe if we did speak it into existence, then it would happen. So uh, you're welcome, everyone out there, for getting Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> to the Miami Dolphins. But also, we're very sorry that we used our powers to get Ryan Fitzpatrick to the Miami Dolphins. And we wish we talked about the Super Bowl instead. Uh, however, That'd be that- so our show, too. We'd be like, we didn't know we had a one-time thing where we can just predict something and it happens and um it's like you're watching a movie and everybody knows we have the power we don't we could easily talk about Aaron Rodgers we can easily talk about winning a Super Bowl or drafting the best quarterback in the next 10 years instead we're like hey, what about like Fitzmagic that'd be kind of cool a halftime show yeah. with Minka Fitzpatrick <laughs> let's fucking speak that into it everybody's like no I mean, yeah. yes 
No, that's. I mean, it would be like if uh, if we were um, Aladdin and we had the genie, and the genie says, "You have one wish." And we're like, "God, we wish we knew what to wish for." And then that was how we used our wish. We're like, "Oh shit, we screwed that one up, didn't we?" Damn it! But uh, look, man, it's going to be entertaining. And and the thing is, there is an actual plan here. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. We are not, you know combating Tom Brady and the New England Patriots this year. We may or may not be combating Bill, um, uh, the Buffalo Bills and the New York Jets. I mean, we're going to probably be bottom feeders. I think that's the expectation of the fans. That's the expectation of the media. Uh, that's the expectation of, of a lot of people, probably uh, everyone but the players and the coaches, hopefully. Um, but, you know, you look at it, and Ryan Fitzpatrick, if he can stay upright, which is going to be a concern um, based on how this line looks right now, He's not a bad quarterback. I mean, he he's he's the guy that can come in and maybe maybe you do you know start him three games in a row and then sit him down real quick uh, so he doesn't get the mindset of oh I'm the starter uh, and then bring him back a game after that. I mean, he's <laughs> going to be motivated. fun. Yeah, keep him motivated. Just be like, well, you haven't earned that C yet on the chest. Um, but we're starting to see the plan. I mean, we're going to focus a lot a lot on this episode about the quarterback position because it is the most important. Uh, but with one Ryan sailing in, another Ryan is sailing out. Uh, not only does Ryan Fitzpatrick sign for the Miami Dolphins to be that bridge, to be that band aid, to be that you know seat warmer for whoever is eventually going to be, uh, hopefully the long term answer. But the last great white hope, Ryan Tannehill, um, is traded. Chris he's traded to the Tennessee Titans um he, he's a guy that you know I actually I think I'd mentioned that he might be a guy to back up Marcus Mariota because Mariota's always hurt and he's a 30 year old veteran at this point who's got a lot of starting experience and can run an offense it makes sense for Ryan Tannehill uh to be with the Tennessee Titans um what I was surprised pleasantly about was the fact that we were able to trade him essentially for a fourth round pick next year I mean we're swapping a sixth and a seventh as well um, what are your thoughts on Ryan Tannehill going to the Tannehill to the Tennessee Titans? Tennessee Titan Tannehill. I love it. So again, another great move. Chris Greer here uh, with with the aid, of course, of Stephen Ross is doing something I haven't seen a lot happen in the NFL. We're buying draft picks. Yeah. Basically, we're we're like, hey, take Tannehill. We're going to cut him. Can we get a fourth next year? We'll we'll cover like one third of his his contract. And they're like, are you kidding me? Okay, sounds good. Um, because there would have been a bidding war if you cut Ryan Tannehill. I mean, he McVay probably would have wanted him. The Patriots put, probably would have wanted him uh, to back up their guys. Um, you know, locker room guy, uh, leader, things like that. So the Titans are like, hey, we'll give you a fourth next year if we don't have to deal with that and inflation and all that annual pay for the contract. It's it's pretty in, insane, and it seems like we're doing the same thing too. I know we're talking quarterbacks, but. Where Robert Quinn, he, he's doing visits right now to other teams, and he's not even a free agent. Yeah. So we're obviously like, dude, we don't want you on this team anymore. Can you go find somewhere else to play? Here's the terms that we're willing to to do, and uh, find your spot, and and we'll we'll make it work. It's like what? Like it, it's crazy to me. And the, the things we're doing, um, you know, Tannehill, we knew, we we said this months ago. We got some flack from a couple of our listeners, like, oh, you know, fake news. He's not been left the team yet, dude. He's leaving the team. He was not going to be on the Dolphins this year, right? Um. In, in in the future. And I thought, honestly, I was waiting for the day to come to hear the Dolphins have released him. Like, he's cut. Like, not not even a bag of chips. And we get a fourth next year in this very high uh, quarterback draft with Tua and Fromm from Georgia and the kid from Oregon. So, yeah, I mean, to get a fourth next year is is incredible. 
Well, and what it does too, Chris, I think more than anything is it shows us the plan. It shows us what we're doing. This is the roadmap to get to where we can be a competitive, sustainable, good franchise again. So yes, we're not going to win a lot of games this year. Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, barring some sort of miracle, is not going to lead us to the playoffs or the Super Bowl in 2019 slash 2020. However, thinking of 2020, uh, we are going to have over $120 million in cap space. If, if you look at it right now, we are going to have, at this point, I think we have 10 or 11 draft picks in 2020. So not only do you have the biggest bank account on the block next year to go out and buy whoever it is you need to buy to bring into the team. Um, I shouldn't say buy people. Again, that makes me sound really, really bad. And you're the one from the South. Uh, to go and, and award <laughs> contracts to talent so that they can play for your team but we're also going to have an arsenal of picks which allows us to do a lot of things here chris now we could just sit pat you know kind of like how the patriots have done it over years and just compile a bunch of picks and move up or down the draft board and 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 fill needs as we need them or we can package picks this year and trade up for a quarterback this year if we really wanted to if we wanted to pair a rookie from this class that you know be it kyler murray haskins or anybody else and pair them with uh uh, with Ryan Fitzpatrick and let him start learning under the bearded learning tree. Um, it gives us a lot of options, and that's what it's really, really you know exciting is to say, hey, we don't know what the full you know where we're going with this yet, but we kind of have an idea of, of of what the vision is. And uh, you're right, Robert Quinn. You know, well, look, we'll pay part of his contract. Just take him and give us a fifth rounder or a fourth rounder, whatever it is that's you know fair market value. Uh, I love it. I, I think it's a great game plan. It's something that you see in the NBA. But you're right. I don't think I've seen this tactic really taken um, foothold in the NFL. And it wouldn't surprise me if this starts to work that you start seeing more and more of this from other GMs who are looking at this, going, "That's an innovative way to get out of, get out of cap hell and basically, you know." right the ship if you will so i applaud chris greer i applaud um you know the front office and uh it it makes me feel uh based on the conversation that you and i have alluded to in the past about how excited we uh people are with the miami dolphins about this regime about this leadership change that we've had in terms of the gm and the coach and everyone involved um the front office is very very high in chris greer the front office is very very high in brian flores and i think you're starting to see um, Chris Greer put his stamp and his vision on this team, and uh, I, 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 we should be excited long term. Short term, we're going to be a disaster, but long term, yeah. you know, this this could be a really, really, really good thing. Well, and Chris Greer has been just nailing mid round picks too. Se- it's second round and on. You know, you're looking at Baker. You're looking at um, even a Jai when we got him. Uh, Xavier Howard. Um, these guys that he, we're getting not first round picks. So if we can compile a group of these. Uh, that's where the Patriots are always so good, and we've talked about it. They they have yes, they have Tom Brady. Of course, that's we know uh, ad nauseum. The quarterback position is the most important thing. But other than that, there's no real superstars on their team. They just got good mid level guys that are just going to do what what the you know buy in, um, not be a superstar, do their job. And if you get a group of guys that are good enough to do that, you can have a strong team, and that's important. That's what you have to do, and that's what we're doing. I, I could see us trading down if Haskins isn't there, goes to the Giants, and Murray's the first round pick i could see this trading down and compiling a bunch more picks um you know for a team that maybe wants alignment or one of these defense alignment it's very defensive line heavy this draft uh that could trade up from the 20s and maybe give us a second round next year or something for us to move back to 25 i could totally see that happening if it's not our our guy and it's a deep draft and just having all these draft picks and this capital like you said to be able to move up if we wanted to or even move back or stay put um because yes 2020 is going to be great 
with Tua and uh, from and the kid from Oregon, but then 2021, you're looking at uh, Trevor Lawrence from Clemson, who's yep. just supposedly going to be like the next Andrew Luck type prospect coming out of college. So um, the the future is bright, like you said, immediately in front of us. Oh boy, enjoy the draft and stuff like that because that's all we're gonna the entertainment we're gonna have. But uh, other than that, in the future, it's finally looking bright for the first time, and we're not gonna be paying a guy like Ndamukong Sue, you know, thirteen million dollars to play for the Rams. Like that's just those days are over, and and I'm finally. Uh, finally, because uh, that son needs a set on that type of managing the franchise because it hasn't worked, obviously. Well, speaking of veteran defensive players, I mean, we are talking about the quarterback and we are going to come back and circle back to the draft because I am interested in hearing your opinion as to what the Miami Dolphins are going to do and what you think they should do uh, when it comes to getting their quarterback of the future. But we're going to put a pin in that, as my mom would say, Chris. And uh, I want to talk about some of the other guys that we need to say goodbye from Perfectville, too. The first one we just alluded to, but Ryan Tannehill, uh, as you talked about he was traded to the Tennessee Titans we are picking up the majority of his contract for the next year he's going to go be the backup at least to start the season for the Tennessee Titans but he will get playing time um, you know we can say what you want about Ryan Tannehill whether you like him whether he's not you know it was time for him to move on um, the guy's got a lot of talent I don't think there's anybody that can question that uh, he may or may not be a guy who gets a starter you know uh, uh, starting opportunities in the future I believe he will um, but something that somebody brought up, it, it, Ryan Tannehill, I believe, was the quarterback that finally slayed the Houston Texans dragon. Um, Ryan Tannehill is the guy who got us probably the greatest uh, fluke victory in the history of the NFL uh, last season against the New England Patriots. Mm. Um, Ryan Tannehill, in terms of the Miami Dolphins lore, is going to finish, I think, third all-time in like games started, touchdown passes, interceptions. Um, you know, rushing yards. He might be the leader or pretty close to it as a quarterback. I mean, the guy, say what you want about him. He is a part of this franchise. He's going to be remembered, I think, hopefully long-term. I I think they'll have some days in his honor as his playing career winds down. Um, I don't think he makes the ring of honor, but this guy deserves um, a lot of kudos for leaving it out there. I mean, it can't be stressed enough that first season with Adam Gase, how well he was doing. Uh, before the Arizona Cardinals decided mm. to just wreck wreck his career. Um, but this guy is going to be remembered. He's going to be on the highlight reel for a very, very long time. And uh, I just want to give him his due props. I mean, it was time to go. Maybe he wasn't the most popular guy with a lot of the different players that are out there that have come you know, come out of the woodwork. Um, but there's also a lot of guys who came out and, and thanked him for his you know, dedication to the team, his leadership, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, from the bottom of my heart, and Chris, I know I speak for you, and I want to get your thoughts, but uh, I want to say wholeheartedly, a very, very fond goodbye from Perfectville to Mr. Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, I got his jersey uh, signed and up in my man cave. I mean, I really like the guy, and I, I have no problem saying he's the best quarterback we've had since Dan Marino. Well, his full body of work. I mean, you already mentioned uh, where he ranks in the record books as a franchise for passing yards, things like that. But if you look at before that injury, the Calais Campbell hit, I mean, he never missed a game, and he was getting a shit just pushed in every day from like – Roller skates, Billy Turner, who ended up being a good right tackle for the Broncos, and yeah. uh, you yeah, know Dallas bad Thomas. <laughs> yeah, well, the coach—I mean, it's obviously coaching. I mean, our coach was on coke the whole time. So, uh, what can we? What can you do? But he's getting sacked. Uh, most sacked quarterback since, like, you know, who knows? He was just getting killed, and he kept getting back up, pissing blood, getting back up. Uh, sprained ankle running around but there's all those highlights like you mentioned i like to think of the one in pittsburgh when it's snowing 
and he ran for a bunch of yards and like just totally broke the game o- open with an RPO. Um, there's the the throw to Kenny Stills against the Chargers, like in the shadows, so like unbelievable throw. He's about to get a helmet to the chin, and he steps in and makes the throw. And that's the kind of guy that um, you appreciate, no matter if you think he's a good quarterback or not. He doesn't have good pocket presence. At least appreciate the toughness. And the guys like Kenny Stills and Rashad Jones and Cam Wake that have all came out and said great things uh, about him. Uh, and, and I think even Justin Sittner or Kilgore mentioned something as well um, to kind of counteract the other Think about the guys that are actually talking shit. It's the Mike Wallace of the world who's like constantly running his mouth. It's yeah. uh, Olivier Vernon who, um, you know, what kind of career has he had since he left? Uh, he got his payday. I mean, like he like he should talk. But you got the the real generals, the soldiers, like the Kenny Stills, the Rashad Jones, the Cam Wakes, whose word mean a lot more to me and to their teammates. I'm sure in that locker room, they have nothing but praise to say about him. So like like you, Sam, um, I wish it worked out differently. I wish he won some playoff games and had a line and a defense to help him and a bunch of uh, a solid coach that stuck around. Uh, but all those unlucky things play their part. He still has very good looking wife and healthy kids <laughs> and um, he's going to be fine. But uh, and he also played receiver in college. So he has that going for him too. As Kyle Brandt from Good Morning Football said the other day, uh, that's not talked about enough, uh, which just absolutely blew my mind. I went to Twitter on it. But yeah, goodbye from Perfectville Tannehill. Good luck. And I, I love that Titan fans already. Um, I, I love reading the comments. They're like, oh my God, he, start him over Mariota. He's a better quarterback. I'm like, oh man, here we go. QB controversy and it's not involving us. I'll enjoy this. Yeah, I'll get my popcorn ready and uh, sit back and follow Titans Twitter because uh, if Tannehill gets in, it's going to be a fun, fun um, science experiment to watch them just implode, explode all the plodes uh, when Tannehill does well and then and or bad. Uh, but speaking of the Tennessee Titans and speaking of Cam Wake, another fond farewell, another guy we knew was going to be leaving and we actually uh, we, we wished him well on the last episode of Perfectville. But Cam Wake does sign with the Tennessee Titans. He is reunited with Ryan Tannehill, uh, a man. He has got a lot of respect for. Um, he's going to get his 100th sack with the Tennessee Titans instead of the Miami Dolphins, and that's going to be hurtful. But, uh, again, nothing but the best to Cam Wake. Uh, he's got, a, what, a two- or three-year deal, I think, three-year deal, uh, mm-hmm. which if he sees the whole thing out, which who knows if he will or will not, he's going to be 40 years old, and that will probably call it a career at that point. But, um, you know, it, it makes me happy to see him, you know, on the first day of free agency, actually before free agency even officially started, uh, being in that much demand. And I hope they use him the right way, and I hope he contributes to them winning some games. I hope they don't win the Super Bowl because it would kind of kill me a little bit to see um, both Ryan Tannehill and Cam Wake holding that Lombardi trophy uh, when we go, shit, they were with us last year. But, uh, again, I don't spend too much time on Cam Wake because we spent a lot of time on him uh, on the last episode. But uh, goodbye from Perfectville to Mr. Cameron a.k.a. Derek Wake. Yeah, CFL undrafted to 100 sacks, and um, what a hell of a career, hard worker. Um, One cool thing, I think, Sam, and I think it proves the rumors were true, um, that Bill Belichick and the Patriots brass really enjoyed or thought a lot highly of both Tannehill and Wake because I found it interesting that Mike Vrabel, who's the head coach of the Titans, uh, wanted both. And I think he knows both guys are smart, they're leaders, um, and, and they're guys that you want on your roster. So for us to lose them, it hurts, but it was time, and it's going to be weird to see them both in tight in the uniforms, that's for sure. Yeah, it's also going to be weird to see a, a man who is apparently close to retirement and or death, according to Chris Cullen, and that being Frank Gore, go from the <laughs> sunny 
uh, warm weather climate of Miami to the frigid, cold Buffalo Bills. Uh, this guy, we loved him forever. I hate him now, Chris. He's on the Buffalo Bills, and you know he's going to kick our ass at least once, if not twice. They're going to be designing plays specifically for him against the Miami Dolphins just to rub salt into the wound. Um, I'm going to say that we missed this one, Chris, because we we assume that Frank Gore is probably going to go somewhere where the weather is good and that he's uh, going to be able to stay nice and warm and limber, but instead he goes to um, hell on earth. And then, of course, being Buffalo, New York, uh, what are your thoughts? Frank Gore getting a pay raise to go play football for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Uh, he played in San Francisco, played in an indoor building in Indianapolis, and uh, and then he played in Miami, and now he's going to Buffalo. Uh, he just wants to continue to top the toughness uh, meter uh, for Frank Gore, and now we have this to talk about. He's probably going to play sleeveless in the snow and just truck people because that's what Frank Gore, uh, Gore does, and everybody's going to say he can't, and that's why he's going to do it. Plus, he gets to come to Miami at least once, uh, guaranteed, because we play in the division. So it's going to be so. I mean, I'm not going to say it's weird because he only played for us one year, uh, but it is going to just suck seeing him for the Bills because he's such a badass running back and. Uh, type of guy you love and it's just you couldn't have gone to you know oakland like you have to go to buffalo really right. yeah well the frank gore toughness meter might be the thing that replaces the name that band-aid because <laughs> uh i, I want to know how tough he's going to be i want him in december playing running back for the buffalo bills and uh doing it not only sleeveless i want him naked i want him naked <laughs> with a jock strap with a big old buffalo bill logo on on the front of it and then maybe just drawing in like with red numbers you know 21 and gore on his back on his naked back and he's just trucking fools left and right and uh, you just see steam coming off of his nipples and everything else as he's running into the end zone and he just turns around it's like that's an 11 on the on a scale of one to ten on the frank gore toughness meter bitch and then just throws the ball into the camera lens breaks the camera lens and then the football just somehow goes through the tv uh that everyone that's watching the buffalo bills and hits them right in the face <laughs> like that's that's what we're gonna see um did i just do a ridiculous prediction did i just I throw this, say that this completely evolved into a ridiculous <laughs> prediction all i can think of is like the 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 splatoon or whatever and spongebob and you have to like how, how tough are you at the door and the one guy's like i eat a uh, bowl of uh, cereal of nails without milk, and they're like, "Oh my god!" Like we can just do that with Frank Gore and just keep getting ridiculous with uh, how tough he is. But that was uh, fantastic. The Frank Gore toughness meter coming soon to a T-shirt near you over at Welcome to Perfectville dot com, where you can also find our entire library of Perfectville episodes. Uh, all right, so we got Frank Gore in Buffalo. We've got Cam Wake and Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. Uh, we've got Juwan James. In Denver, uh, at the time, and still might be the richest contract mm. for a right tackle in NFL history. Uh, that's eyebrow money, man. As I said on Twitter, <laughs> he's got enough money to go buy eyebrows. He's got enough money now to go buy eyebrows from somebody else. Like he could just walk up to somebody on the street and go, "Here's ten thousand dollars. Give me an eyebrow," and then just you know rip it off and put it on his own face if he wanted to. He's got eyebrow money, man. What do you think of Jawan James? He wasn't gonna. We weren't gonna pay him that much money. Uh, I've got mixed feelings on Jawan James leaving the Miami Dolphins. But what do you think about Jawan James? getting paid to go to the Denver Broncos. Uh, God, did they pay a lot. Good Lord. I mean, um, Peter King wrote a story for the Monday morning quarterback after that deal was signed that there's inner sources from the Miami Dolphins laughing at the Denver Broncos for signing this guy because they don't understand how detailed they had to make their plays to to game plan around Jawan James's weaknesses. So supposedly, like, he – 
could only do like one thing good. And we had to like run our plays based on that because if we did anything else, he was just going to fail miserably and give up a sack, which was pretty eye opening to me. Um, but also shows the absolute um, um, handcuffs that were on Adam Gase to run an offense and call plays when you got when you're dealing with that shit. And then the Broncos, you know, go and sign him to this huge, rich deal like he's Orlando Pace. I, I think it's hilarious. We're going to lose him either way, like you said. We're not going to pay him. Um, it sucks. We have yet another offensive line position we have to replace. But he was neither here nor there for me. Like I'm not really, you know, shedding tears over it. Yeah, we also let go. And yeah, so goodbye from Perfectville from uh, to Juwan James. Same thing. I got nothing, you know, nothing against the guy, but I, I read that same article, Chris, and that was pretty eye opening as well uh, to see that you know what they were really game planning around anything and everything that Juwan James was doing. Uh, it's kind of like uh, I think Louis C.K. had a, had had a bit about how. If you've got multiple kids, you always have to to do what the youngest kid is able to do, which means it's boring for everyone else because <laughs> you know that's that's as high as you can actually get. I mean, if we're actually designing our offense around the fact that um, Juwan James can't hold a block longer than three seconds, so we got to do bubble screens all day, every day. I mean, what the fuck? I mean, like you said, maybe Adam Gase had no choice but to throw the ball quickly because otherwise he was going to run out of quarterbacks because they're going to get murdered by Juwan James's uh, you know um, defender. But uh, that does mean another position that needs to be filled. I think right now we have Laramie Tunzel, and that's it. I mean, maybe yeah. that's why we have eighty-five tight ends that we've signed here because they're, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna feed those boys and then get them up to be uh, tackles and guards or something. But uh, yeah, we got a lot of holes on the offensive line to, to to fill, and that's the one thing that's the kick in the ass here, Chris. Is that you know we kind of want to get a quarterback, and you know and people are thinking trade up, you know package whatever to to go up and go get that quarterback, but. If you don't have an offensive line, and if you don't have young talent to fill that pipeline, uh, it doesn't matter who you have at quarterback. It could be Dan Marino, could be Drew Bledsoe, could, Drew Bledsoe, could be Tom Brady uh, and John Elway combined, and it's not going to do you any good if you don't have anybody. I mean, people forget that Dan Marino had Richmond Webb and Keith Sims, ball, you know, b- protecting his blind side for many, many years. Fucking uh, Tim Ruddy. Yeah, I mean Tim Ruddy was there to to just balance things out because life's about balance and you need uh, you need somebody bad when you've got all that good there. But I mean you've got uh, you just have you have all these holes on the offensive line. Uh, we just got we let go of Josh Sitton as well, who was here for one quarter before his uh, before his arm went pop, and then uh, decided, oh, you know what? Can I have my money now? I'm going to go play somewhere else. Um, we've got a lot of holes, but we got so a lot many of needs. Yeah. And, and, and that's part of it too. I mean, uh, we're going to sign Laramie Tunzel next year. I think that's a given. We're going to sign Xavier Howard. That's a given. Um, you've got some other young talent that's going to be need, you know, need to be locked up long term. But, uh, what do you think of speaking of lock, uh, switching this over to quarterbacks once again, what do you think the Miami Dolphins are going to do in the draft? And what do you think they should do? Uh, if, if it's a different answer than the first. Mm, the only two quarterbacks I really like in this draft are uh, Murray and Haskins. The other guys I'm just not in love with as far as the first-round pick. I feel like we'll be doing more of the same like we have been the last few years with Ryan Tannehill where it's just like, could he be good? Like, it has to be the right system. Like, I just don't want to deal with that anymore. Um, I'm I'm fully on board with if one of those two fall to 13, which seems doubtful, pull the trigger. If not, trade down or get a just stud defense alignment from Clemson or one of these guys, uh, edge rusher that's going to really shore up our defensive line. Uh, and then from there, accumulate picks, trade down, or just get core guys. We need to build from the inside out. Offense and defensive line where um, Chris Greer's scouting hopefully comes into play. 
and really bank on going three and thirteen, uh, four and twelve, and getting that first or second overall pick to get a Tua or the kid from Oregon or, or from because those guys are just game changers as far as quarterbacks are I've seen. Um, so really that was a mix of both what I think they'll do and what I want them to do. Um, there's rumors that they like Drew Locke a lot. Um, if they take him at 13, I, I won't be excited about it. I guess good luck for everyone listening to my live drunken reaction. But it's going to be interesting oh. in the draft because we have no idea what they're going to do. And they can do so many things. They could trade up. The draft might start, and it's like there's been a trade. The Miami Dolphins are now on the clock. Like they trade with Arizona. That'd we could be trade, fun. We could trade for Josh Rosen. Like you don't even know. We don't know. There's so many question marks going into this we knew last year we'd get a really good defensive player because um how heavy the quarterback uh, draft was that one of those guys were going to fall to us a derwin james or a minka fitzpatrick and it did this draft no idea and it's going to be just uh what a hell of a month april is by the way so wrestlemania game of thrones um that same week of the nfl draft avengers endgame comes out so it's just going to be just balls to the wall entertainment for uh dolphins uh and and wrestling and comic book fans for sure so you are you are a game of thrones fan you are a wrestling yes. fan you are a marvel uh universe fan and you're a miami dolphins fan april <laughs> is just going to be you swimming in your own nerd jizz you yes. know what i mean like yeah, you're just going to be backstroking through your own spunk uh every single day of the sorry for that visual for everyone but uh this is you know i know your birthday's in february but happy birthday to chris man april's going to be the month of chris cullen i feel like but and you mentioned drew Locke, and that's that's the one because you mentioned you, you're you're excited about murray for obvious reasons and you're excited about um uh haskins but drew Locke. You know, six foot four. Uh, he threw what twenty eight touchdowns last year versus eight interceptions. Uh, the year before, forty four touchdowns on thirteen interceptions. Um, over twelve thousand yards passing in his career uh, at Mizzou. He he seems like a good prospect. I'm seeing that he might slide. Uh, to me, he, he's an interesting guy. If he's there at thirteen. What do you do? Um, because I think everyone feels that he's going to go to the Denver Broncos or he's going to go to the Giants or, or another team that needs a young quarterback for their pipeline. But uh, if he's there at 13, I think you pull the trigger on getting him, assuming that he, he meets the needs that you need out of an offense. Um, but I don't know if I trade up for him. Um, what are your thoughts on Drew Lock? I, I know you said you like the other two better, but if he's there at 13, what are you doing? Yeah, that's tough because um, you know he's got the ceiling of Matthew Stafford and – like the floor of Jay Cutler from everything I've, I've read and really a lower floor than Jay Cutler, honestly. Um, like you said, he's got the size. It's just like you take a guy at 13. I hate having all those question marks. It's like, you know, he played at Missouri. Uh, it's like, was he handcuffed with not great talent? Maybe. Um, is he coachable? Is he good off the field, on the field? I mean, I just would trust Chris Greer and, and company to do all the right things. Um, in the background, you know, following up on stuff. But, um, you know, in this type of offense with O'Shea, uh, where he, it's a quick one read, get the ball out type deal like the Patriots do. I mean, really you need a quarterback that can just make those plays. And every once in a while, I'll pull the trigger deep with our, with our speed guys. So if he's there at 13, I don't think I'd hate it. You wouldn't hear me going completely bonkers on the, uh, uh, live reaction, but I also wouldn't be like drooling in love. I'd be, here we go, ready for this because a, I don't know if Fitzpatrick's the best guy to learn behind and B, um, he's already got question marks. So it'd just be, uh, I feel like we're on this merry-go-round again if we get him. 
How cool would it be if you had Drew Locke and uh, you know, look at him, he's a little bit of a baby face, he's in his early 20s obviously, and you pair him with Ryan Fitzpatrick and this kid comes in and he, you're like, I would just like to have like a video of him walking into the Dolphins facility for the first time and meeting Ryan Fitzpatrick and then like three hours later he walks out and he's got a jumpsuit on that's zipped halfway down to his uh, belly button, he's got <laughs> hair that's just hanging out everywhere like a sweater underneath that jacket, he's got aviators on and he's got little patchy beard because he's just trying to emulate his new hero Ryan Fitzpatrick and he's just walking around you know that would be uh that would be a lot of fun to see but um all right so you you think uh I, I hear your thoughts I think I think we're not going to go quarterback in the first round unless one of those guys falls to us I don't think we're falling in love with any of these guys um I, I think we're going to try to do I mean everything tells me that we are trying to build from the inside out once again and we need to have those like foundational pieces the centers the defensive tackles the edge rusher, rushers etc 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 so that's what I think we're going to do on this draft I think we're looking at this and saying all right we don't have our quarterback here uh we're going to get our quarterback next year in in the meantime, we're going to develop not necessarily the talent on the edges in terms of wide receivers and cornerbacks, but we're going to put a good offensive line in front of them. We're going to put young guys out there, see what they got, see if they can learn this scheme, see if we have potential, and then come back in 2020 and do our best with all of these draft picks and all of this money that we're supposedly going to have and uh, lock up some good talent and go go get our quarterback of the future. So I would not expect us to spend a high draft capital on a quarterback. That's my that's my my opinion um i it may be a, a lower level prospect but uh i think we kind of have a lower level prospect in luke falk i mean let's not forget that he's a young guy yeah. and uh he's on our roster and i know adam gase loved him a lot and adam gase isn't here anymore but luke falk is still here and uh he might be a guy that you just kind of keep there and see what you got and see if you can develop in if nothing else into a uh, long-term backup as well so uh, that's my thought on the draft uh, but speaking of the draft that's one thing that has become uh, somewhat legendary here at Perfectville is the live reactions from Chris Cullen <laughs> who gets himself nice and liquored up and uh, loves and or hates the draft picks that the Miami Dolphins have um, he also gives you insight into what the Jets the Bills and other teams are doing uh, ahead of us and directly behind us it's a lot of fun I'm looking forward to that Chris I'm also looking forward to the third annual Finzies, which as I joked about on Twitter might be the Fitzies this year since we have Mika Fitzpatrick and Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, coming up probably very very soon in April I would say and as you guys know uh, we will be inducting new members into the Hall of Fame we will have surprise guests as we always do and of course the best award show out there not the Oscars not the MTV Awards not the Tonys none of those none of those matter the only thing that matters is the Finzies, Chris you know this I know this the citizens of Perfect will know this. Uh, it's going to be a fantastic time. Third annual Finzies coming up very, very soon. Uh, I can't wait. I have to dust off the old uh, um, aqua and orange tuxedo to get ready for this. Um, and my gold jackets as well. I'll have both over draped over my arm. And um, I'm excited to see who's uh, wink, wink, um, inducted next. Am I right? Uh, yeah, there's going to be some parameters in place here. One of them being that you can no longer induct yourself. God which, damn it. No, that that is a rule. I mean, we, we're not going to have you induct yourself again. I mean, that was irresponsible on your part. And you know what? Um, it's going to get lonely in that Hall of Fame if you're just putting yourself in there all the time here, Chris. But, uh, we Speak have some for great... yourself. <laughs> From the outside in. Um but uh, no, we're, we're going to have some new inductees into the Hall of Fame. I'm excited. I, I've seen the, uh, the nominees... Uh, through the nomination committee, and uh, I'll be excited to announce who 
uh, our two Hall of Famers are going to be whenever the Finzies uh, happens in April. So, uh, Chris, anything else you want to talk about? Anything I missed? It was a very busy and robust free agency period for the Miami Dolphins. We have our Band-Aid quarterback. We've said goodbye to some Dolphins legends as well as some Dolphins players uh, that haven't reached legendary status yet. Uh, We've talked about what we think and what we hope the Miami Dolphins do when it comes to their draft capital in 2019 and 2020. Uh, Anything else that I'm missing that's out there that's just hanging out there not that i know of i'm gonna start growing out my fitz magic beard yeah uh, maybe that's what we'll do we'll have a beard growing contest for the citizens of perfectville let's go from right now which is march 20th until the end of uh let's call it the end of april let's have a contest here the fitz magic beard stravaganza contest of awesomeness is what we're going to call it uh the fitz magic beard stravaganza contest of awesomeness we should uh we should get new koozies the brown paper bag but like the beards coming out from under it yeah that it'll it'll have koozies and then it'll have a handle but the handle is actually just real man hair uh (laughs) that you can then just rotate down and it becomes a little beard over the top of a ronde bagston i uh i like that we'll call them uh Fitz bag jicks uh, is what we'll call those. There you go. Um, you made that yeah, up on the spot. That's not that I bad. I'm, it's not. It's not that bad. Hey, that's how uh, people describe my comedy, Sam Marcu. It's not that bad. <laughs> um, you can get through it. But uh, no, that's. Uh, I, I love the idea. So here's what. Here Fitzbagic. are going to be the rules. Fitz In order to get yourself a customized Fitz which will be my armpit hair as the handle <laughs> of of the uh, the Aronde Bagston. Here's what we need to do. We need a before picture by April first. We need a before picture of your facial hair so we can gauge it versus your after pick at the end of April. Call it May first. And uh, the best Fitz Magic beard that we get, the best one, will win themselves a custom. Uh, Fitz Magic Aronde Bagston with real man hair for a beard on top of it. This is the best. This is the best contest in the history of podcast contests. Yeah, what are we promising here? <laughs> we're, we're promising somebody to pick up my 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 hair clippings. Uh, maybe I'll just maybe I'll just put them in the baggie and then ship the baggie off and they'll yeah. just be inside and they can make their own. Beer. You fix it. Yeah, you make yeah. it. Make <laughs> your it yourself. Own, make your own yeah. Ronde Baxton Fitz Magic. Uh, grow your own beard and then put your own beard together on the on the koozie. <laughs> Uh, that's what do they what expect we from the Perfect Film podcast? I mean, honestly, this is, this is exactly like people right now go, "Oh my god!" Well, no, that's about right. That's what yeah, we power thought. for the course. So. Here it is. All right. Well, on behalf of myself and Chris Cullen and the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network, uh, nothing else to say, Chris. But goodbye from Perfectville. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.